a farm, a business, two children, a partner, a house, a day job in an office. Things tend to get a little bit crazy sometimes. So in this episode, I'll share a few of the things I found that help me stay on track most of the time. Welcome to the Homesteading Roller Coaster. My name is Ilaria and in this podcast I share my family's adventures on Tatum Hills Farm, our property on Nanawal Country, just outside of Canberra, Australia. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. In this podcast, we discuss anything to do with farm life, homesteading, sustainable living, growing your own and much more. So let's get started. Having a family, a house, a job, everybody's lives are pretty crazy these days. For us, we also have the farm and the business on top of that, so there is an extra level of busyness to our days. And although we love it, sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. When we first moved to the farm, I was really concerned with staying on top of things such as worming the animals, vaccinating them, because suddenly we started having so many more animals than the couple of cats we've had in the past. And I was worried about how will I know when it's time to worm them, when it's time to vaccinate them. And so over the years, I've tried a few different methods, but also as time has gone by, I have found that I am more comfortable just with the rhythm of the seasons and I sort of know when things need to be done. Initially, I had a paper diary. I was writing down everything that was happening to the animals and uh, keeping track of things that way. So I would remember when I last wormed them, when I last vaccinated them, what product I gave them, how much of it and so on. And that was really helpful, but I'm not much of a journaling person. So although I kept it up for a couple of years, eventually as things um, got busier, I just let go of that system. I do have the diary though, and it is fun to look, look back on it. After that, I wanted to go onto a digital method so that I could search back. So if I just wanted to find what had happened to the llamas over the past couple of years, I could just have a tag called llamas and search for that and it would bring up all the information I needed. And so for a while I had a blog and it was very much, I guess, a secret blog, like it wasn't hidden, but I never advertised it. I did end up gaining a few followers just because they um, found me, but my purpose was simply to record what was happening on the farm and on that note I wasn't putting really any effort into adding pretty pictures or making my posts comprehensive and particularly understandable to outsiders. I mean some posts might have been just worm the goats with this product this much on that date full stop. 
So that was really um, the extent of some of my posts. Some others were a little bit more complex. But over time, um, the system that I was using stopped working as well as I wanted it to. And I never really had the time or the will to go back and try and see if I could fix them. So from that point on, I adopted an even easier method, which is what I'm using at the moment. And that is what I described in my gardening in my gardening episode of this podcast, which is basically using the photos on my phone. So just like with my gardening, I would take pictures of the seed packets uh, after planting some seeds, and I take pictures in the place where I planted the seeds. My phone obviously provides a timestamp, and then I save those photos in a folder on my phone that's called Garden Diary. And I do a similar thing for the animals as well. So if I am giving, say, the goats an injection for something, maybe a worming injection or a vaccine, I will take a picture of the syringes so I can see how much I'm giving them up next to the packet of the product so I can see what I was giving them and the phone has the timestamp. And then that goes all saved into a goat folder in my phone. Now, sometimes I might want to add extra information, such as, you know, I've given this animal this much, but that animal a different amount, or I did that, but it didn't really work, or whatever. So if I need to add more information where you would normally would write a few sentences, um, just again to keep it simple and keep it on my phone, I will just video myself and explain to myself on the video what it is that I need to say and I will also move it into the appropriate folder for that animal and that seems to work really well. At the same time, like I said, as time has gone by, we've been here nearly 10 years, I am a little bit less paranoid about missing the worming day or missing um, the vaccine day. In fact, for worming especially, we tend to not worm regularly any animal anymore because as we've learned more, we have learned that worming just regularly might not be the best way to go about them. So especially for things like the goats and the llamas, we test them regularly. So usually at the change of the seasons, I will test them or if the weather is a bit weird or if I just think they're looking a little bit off, I will test um, their manure. I will send it off to a very convenient service that there is in Australia where you can um, have your manure tested. It will come back and if the results warrant a treatment, then I will treat them. Otherwise, I won't. And so sometimes I've gone a year or even two without treating them and sometimes I've had to treat them every six weeks for some periods. So it just really depends. And for the vaccines, roughly they're once a year, but because we don't have have any baby goats or baby llamas we tend to not do a yearly anymore they all have received their vaccines and their boosters when they were little but now we tend not to do it although for example this year because we show the llamas and they were just conveniently on the table and they hadn't been vaccinated for a couple of years I thought why not I'm just going to give her a boost this time around so that's what we're doing and it seems to work quite well as far as the farm is concerned. Of course, compared to keeping the house clean, the farm 
always takes priority because you know you need to feed and water the animals um there is no putting it off you can't say oh sorry i will not feed you today because i'm going to clean the oven or you know i'm sorry i can't fix the door to your pen even though the fox might come in tonight because i'm cleaning the windows clearly that's insane so the farm since we've moved here I'm has always been the highest priority. And because there's so much to do on the farm, that hasn't been the best for the house. Of course, Damien, my partner, is really helpful and we really do share all the chores outside mostly. He's not very in charge of what happens in the house. But when it comes to outside, I'm mostly in charge of keeping the animals alive on the day-to-day and um, doing any treatments. And then he will help mostly with things, bigger things like fences or building shelters. In fact, most of the time, especially since we've had the second child, he does most of it and I just kind of help here and there. And then he's also in charge of bigger projects, um, like if we have to do some uh, um, earth moving or, or just big changes like that. And also he is in charge of all the irrigation, of making sure all our tanks are full and moving water from one place to another as needed and everything gardening. So he does a huge amount of work there, such as, you know, planting trees. He's done a huge amount of revegetation, a lot of weeding, which is a massive job around here. So he's in charge of that. And even though I have my veggie garden, which I've discussed in a previous episode, he is really the chief gardener here. So his veggie garden is much bigger and better, and I'm quite happy for him to do it. I'll just do the eating. Thank you very much. So that's how we've divided up chores. He does most of the stuff outside. I do the day-to-day of the animals and I do the house. And that seems to work for us. But because I also run the businesses, the, the farm tours and the soap making and so on, that didn't, doesn't usually leave me a huge amount of time for house chores. And so for many years the house has been an absolute disaster zone. And of course, if you also have five cats and a dog inside and two children, and uh, you also have a day job to go to half the time, you know, things accumulate and pile up and um, it's just hard to stay on top of things. Um, We're very lucky. We have a lot of help. My uh, parents uh, um, and my partner's parents help, especially my parents would come most weeks, a couple of times a week sometime, and they would help and clean up the house and all of that. But very quickly, things would just become a huge mayhem again. And for years, I just kept making excuses, saying, well, I'm just too busy, I'm keeping the farm alive, I've got a business, I've got a job, I've got the children, I just cannot possibly stay on top of the house, that's just the way my house is going to be. It's going to be this constant source of overwhelm, it's always going to be messy, and that's just how we're going to be living. And so on we went for years and years, and it wasn't a particularly pleasant way of inhabiting our home, but that was really the best I could do for quite some time. Recently, a few few months ago, 
I visited a friend and she has three children and a lovely home and a super organized lifestyle. You know, she asked me to get a cup for one of her kids from one of her drawers. I opened the drawer and all of the cups are beautifully organized. All of the plastic containers are easy to access. Nothing, you know, crazy, but just really well organized. And then we went um, to play in their playroom and very cleverly they've changed part of their garage to become a playroom and that has been really helpful during lockdown and all of that and so they have this beautiful playroom inside their garage and one entire wall of this garage is all storage boxes and they're all labeled with the kids clothes and the kids toys and whatever else they might need and it's just all very visible and pretty easily accessible and uh, I was just blown away I thought I was just so well done you know it was a quick and easy way most of her containers are recycled and repurposed so she's done an amazing job so I came home and I felt so inspired I thought I really need to get um, myself sorted and the main thing that I was inspired to do because she had this beautiful playroom for her kids was to sort out our playroom. Now we're really lucky that living out of town our home is a little bit bigger and um, we have a whole room within the house that's our playroom but for years that had been such a explosion site that you know nobody could uh, walk in there much less play so if we were lucky enough to stumble upon the toy that we wanted to play with we would take it and put it in the lounge room and play with it there and then just throw it back in the general direction of the playroom afterwards and that of course completely defeated the purpose because it meant that the lounge room was full of toys all the time And it was also super frustrating because we couldn't find the toys that we wanted and um, especially toys that have multiple pieces. As you know, they're just such a nightmare to keep track of. So anyway, after visiting my friend, I felt so inspired to finally tackle the playroom. So courtesy also of the fact that we were still not in lockdown, but I was still working from home, I had a bit more time in between meetings, even on work days, to kind of start chipping away at it. And before I even started, I started thinking about why it wasn't working. And I realized that the reason why it wasn't working was that there just wasn't enough storage for the amount of toys that we had. And yes, I did think about getting rid of a lot of toys. And I did have a fight with my partner about that because I just always like to declutter to the bone and he likes to hold on to things a bit more. And really he challenged me and he said, well, name which of these toys you would want to get rid of. And to be honest, there were many of them because I had already done some culling and decluttering in the past. And so the majority of the toys, the toys that we have are toys that are played with reasonably regularly. Our children are six years apart, one is 10, one is four, so that doesn't help with the toy clutter because we do have toys for various age groups all here at the same time. So I realized that if those toys were going to stay, I just needed to find a way of organizing them better. 
and to try and be a little bit less um, of a um, consuming-oriented kind of person and to try and be a little bit more environmentally friendly, I thought, given that we have so much stuff already, before I run out and try and buy some new furniture to store things on, let's have a look at what I've already got. And of course, I thought of some shelves that we had sitting outside under the veranda. They had some tools in there, but basically they were a bit of a dump all ground and the stuff that was in there was easily um, consolidated in just a couple of um, shelves as opposed to several um, pieces of furniture. And so I gave the remaining shelves a nice big wash. Um, these are like, I call them shelves, but they're really those cube furniture from Ikea. So they're freestanding. And so I gave a couple of those a really good clean and a really good wash and I brought them in the house. And, um, and then I just started going through all the toys and allocating actual homes to them and labeling the shelves or the cubes to know where to return them. And I was really impressed at the effect that this had for us as a family. First of all, just like I am now discovering so many things that I've been overwhelmed by for many years, once you actually put your head down and start doing them, don't take that long. So it only took me probably over a couple of days, maybe three hours of maximum, maybe four, um, definitely no more than four hours to redo the whole playroom. And that includes emptying and cleaning the cube shelves from outside and bringing them inside. So that alone would have taken about an hour. So I think the whole actual reorganization of the playroom was done well under the three hour mark. So that was really exciting. And finally, we had a floor that we could walk on and play on and look at. Very exciting moment. And a Yes, the comfiest couch is in that room and we could never even sit on it. And now we love sitting on it and enjoy it. So that was fantastic. But the great thing was that that playroom, all tidy and organized, acted as a huge magnet for the kids. They were really super happy to finally be able to use them and also super motivated to keep it clean. And of course, once everything has a home, that made it way easier for us to keep that space clean. And I'm happy to report that it's now been three months and that room is still organized and tidy. And yes, we have a play mat where toys happen. So right now we have a bunch of Lego that's been built there and the kids are at their cousins. So they've left the Lego out, but I don't mind that. That's like a work in progress. It'll be out for a few days and then either they'll decide they've had enough or they'll just move to another game or toy and I will just prompt them to put it away and they've been really fantastic at doing that so I've been so super impressed and suddenly I had all these helpers both my daughters were really really keen to tidy up and organize and they, I didn't really know that they could be that helpful. So I've been so proud of them. And that has really motivated me to continue keeping things clean and tidy. But of course, now our TV area is actually part of the playroom. And even though I had organized all the toys, that one last wall where the TV is was still a huge mess. 
So having the rest of the room tidy really inspired me and gave me the confidence to tackle the TV area. So I did that as well and it turned out fantastic. So that's how I really got back into trying to reclaim my home a little bit. I started to um, move from one area to the other and then I thought, well, if now my playroom is done, um, maybe I can have a look at the Tupperware container um, drawers. They're not even Tupperware, but, you know, the plastic containers um, that are in my drawers in my kitchen and there's such a mess. Maybe I'll organise that a bit better. And so I started moving throughout my house and I'm still going and there's still areas that I need to tackle. And at the same time, I thought, well, now it's tidy. It's so much easier to keep things clean. Maybe I should pay some more attention to cleaning rather than just, you know, vacuuming around all the toys and things. And so that also has sparked some renewed enthusiasm in cleaning the house. And in doing so, I remembered a system that I had used many years ago, and um, which is a really good valid system, but I had ultimately found it really overwhelming and I had abandoned it. And that's a, a really famous system, which is the Fly Lady system. This is a system that's come from America and uh, one lady... 20 plus years ago, um, designed this system, which is all based on what she calls baby steps. So just trying to do things consistently and uh, in small increments so that you don't tire yourself out and you don't burn yourself out and you just keep coming back doing a little bit every day. But when I had done it in the past, like I said, it all became, there's a lot of components to this system and maybe I tackled them all quickly to, all of them too quickly and I just really, I literally burnt out and got too frustrated and overwhelmed and let go of them. I think what has helped me make it work this time has been finding a fantastic YouTube channel. It's called The Secret Slob. And Steph there, a lady in Canada, really breaks down the system and shows how easy it can be to adapt it to your lifestyle. And uh, she gives some really great tips and motivation and inspiration. So if you're a bit overwhelmed by your house, um, I would totally recommend you go and check it out. And also both from what Steph suggested on the Secret Slob channel and from what I remembered I had learned from the Fly Lady system, I went back to things that had worked for me in the past. And that was establishing a morning routine and an evening routine so that there are some chores that get done all the time, such as starting a load of washing every day and completing it to putting it away by the end of the day or trying to plan my meals, and that one I'm still working on, but at least having a bit of an idea of what you're going to have for dinner early in the morning so that if you need to defrost something or prepare something, you can do it throughout the day. Just simple tips like that. And so I went back to that system of the morning and the evening routines, also guided by um, Steph. And also the other really valuable part of the Fly Lady system is that of using a timer. And I found that has been really helping me over the past three months since I started trying to be more organized. The idea of doing things for short periods of time. So the Fly Lady advocates setting up your timer for 15 minutes and doing tasks for 15 minutes. 
And I have been a bit flexible with that. Sometimes I'll just set it for five minutes. Sometimes I'll set it for 20 or even 30 minutes. But rarely do I go as far as 30 and never above that. And that really gives me a huge incentive to actually getting things done. So if I have to tackle an area, um, in term, whether it's cleaning or organizing, and it just feels huge and overwhelming, I just don't want to do it. You just put it off. But I just tell myself, all I have to do is 15 minutes or five minutes, however long I have. I just have to do that little bit, and that's it. Then I can do the rest tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And often, First of all, it's amazing how much you can get done in 5 or 10 or 15 minutes. So often, the things that I'm doing get done in that amount of time. Sometimes they don't. And if I'm feeling particularly enthusiastic, I might continue just because I'm on a roll. But otherwise, I just give myself permission to stop because I know that I'm not burnt out and I can come back tomorrow. I'm not traumatized by the experience. I can come back tomorrow, set my timer again and do another 15 minutes. So this is where I'm at and it's been really great. And I'm now adding the another element of the Fly Lady system, which is what's called zone cleaning. And that's basically dividing your home into areas and every week you focus on one area and for 15 minutes a day you spend um, 15 minutes a day in that area each day of that particular week and you just try to do some deep cleaning. Now I'm so bad I didn't even know what deep cleaning tasks I could do in some of my areas. So again looking at YouTube channels and um, you know, Pinterest lists and things has opened my eyes to a whole heap of things and a whole heap of areas of my home. I, I'm serious, I probably had not cleaned since we moved in 10 years ago. So they were pretty gross and I'm horrified to find them. But then again, great satisfaction once they're clean. And now I know I have a system so that in about a month to six weeks, when I'm back in that zone, I'll come back and clean them again. And I've already gone around a couple of times and oh my, the difference. The second time around... It's so much easier and sometimes it doesn't even take me 15 minutes a day to complete all my chores. And most importantly, I'm living in a cleanish, much cleaner house and uh, way more organized. And as time goes on, I'm improving it all the time and I'm so excited. Even my mum, who's always told me how much of a slob I was, has been amazed by the fact that now we have a much more livable, cleaner home. And the other really exciting and somewhat unexpected side effect of having a much cleaner home is that I feel so much calmer, like not constantly uh, feeling so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm a much calmer person. I don't have as many fights. I don't, yeah, it just does really help me also in terms of mental health, which is a huge bonus. So there. Having a farm, having a business, having a job, having children is no excuse for having a really messy home. The only thing that you need is just a timer, which is probably on your phone, and set it for five minutes and do something. Just get started. You don't have to do it all um, today or tomorrow. You know, it will take time, but any little bit will encourage you to go and do more. So if I can give you a few tips, and remember, I'm hardly an expert in this. 
I am just starting myself. But um, what I have learned so far is you should really start somewhere really small and do use that timer so that you don't go overboard because the first time you will want to do everything and then you'll be so traumatized you will not want to touch anything for ages. So the key is consistency. So just set a timer for 5, 10, 15 minutes top and do one small area of your home, whether it's cleaning it or organizing it or decluttering whatever that area needs. And just do that, and that will get you um, enthusiastic enough to come back the next day. So that's tip number one start small and set a timer. Tip number two is pick some daily tasks that will keep away the overwhelm. So for me, is the dishes or the kitchen in general so keep the dishwasher going and keep the washing machine going so if I don't have a huge pile of dishes on my counters and if my laundry basket is not overflowing I feel so much better so I found that making sure I put a load of washing in the washing machine then I dry it then I put it away every single day is totally key to avoiding the overwhelm. One load a day at the beginning will seem like a huge chore because the loads will be big. But if you do it every day, the loads will get smaller and smaller. And now it literally takes me five minutes to put the loads away because they are pretty tiny. So um, that is super easy. It's really a known issue. And I'm hoping I can keep on top of it in the future. And the other thing is the dishwasher for me. So um, we go through a lot of dishes. We've had days when I've run four dishwashers, like the dishwasher four times, and that's insane. And normally, I would just go, oh yeah, the dishwasher's finished, I'll just empty it later. So that doesn't work, because you keep producing dishes throughout the day, and then you will just find that um, the dishes accumulate because the dishwasher is finished running, but it's full of clean dishes, so you can't add your dirty dishes. So I find that if the dishwasher is finished, it becomes a priority to empty it. It will only take five minutes, literally, I have timed myself, and then it's empty. And so any dirty dishes that are produced can go back in there and you can continue the cycle. So those are two things I've picked that are really make a big difference to the way I feel about the house. So I know that if I stay on top of those, um, I will be feeling well and motivated to do other things. So tip number two is keep pick some daily tasks, simple ones that you just do every day to stay on top of it. And it just becomes second nature and it will really help. And tip number three is to slowly go through your home and make sure that every item has a spot. So this will take you some time because that involves reorganizing some areas of your home. So again, just do it slowly, 15 minutes at a time. But if everything has a spot, like I've done with our playroom, now tidying up is super quick. And I realized I wasn't procrastinating the tidying up of areas. I wasn't doing it because it's not a particularly fun exercise. I was doing it because it was a mentally draining exercise because if every time you've got to pick up an item and put it away, you've got to decide where to put it because it doesn't naturally have a place, it's a lot of decision making and that makes it a slow, painful work. Whereas if everything has a place, 
you can just go there, pick up the Lego, pick up the dolls, pick up whatever, you know, the, the shoes, you've got anything in your house and quickly put it back where it belongs. You've already made those decisions when you organized your home. And then the next time you don't have to make any decisions is a mindless task, much more relaxing, much more quick. You just put away everything in its own designated spot and you move away. And of course, it's much easier to find those things again. So tip number three is to make sure everything has a home within your home. And tip number four is the best one and that is delegate. And that might take you some time in the sense that your partner and your children may not necessarily jump on board straight away. But if you find, like I did, that you have some really keen helpers in your home, my kids are super keen to help tidy up, delegate, let them do it. If they don't do it perfectly, who cares? It's good for them to learn and it's good for you to not have to do it because while they're doing that, you can do something else. Also cleaning related, you know, you don't have to be sitting on the couch sipping tea while your kids are working. I mean, you can, but I tend to feel a bit bad about that. But that means that double the amount of work gets done, which is fantastic. And also, you can sort of delegate by example in the sense that, you know how they say, be the change you wish to see. I think that was Gandhi. And um, I've really um, found that recently. You know, instead of nagging people to clean up and tidy up and be more environmentally friendly or whatever, I tried to do it myself. And surprisingly, they follow suit quite quickly. So my partner, who's a very messy person by nature, has suddenly been spotted putting things away after using them, which um, was quite um, the revelation. And I didn't tell him because if I tell him, he won't do it. Uh, but he, I guess, just saw that things had a spot and occasionally remembers to put them in there. So I've been really astounded. So delegate, whether it's directly by asking someone to do something or by example, by showing them how to do it and hoping that they will follow and they will follow. So there, I hope this helps somebody who is feeling like I was and sometimes still am feeling completely overwhelmed by all the different tasks that we have on our plate these days. Um, you can totally do it, set a timer, pick something small and off you go. You can conquer um, your overwhelm for sure. And that's it for another episode of the Homesteading Roller Coaster. If you enjoyed the content, we'd love it if you subscribed. We'd also really appreciate a rating and review on your podcast platform. Or send us a message. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Tatum Hills Farm. That's T-A-T-U-M Hills Farm. Or on our website at www.tatumhillsfarm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Bye.